begin, and I'm all over the place tonight, forgive me. I have some handouts, I'm going to give them out momentarily, but um, I want to begin our discussion tonight um, about this matter of um, our mission of marriage, part two, final part. And we're going to be discussing singles, divorcees, uh, this whole matter of relationships. I think it's something the church must deal with once and for all. So we're in 1 Corinthians chapter 7. I'm going to get the handouts momentarily. I want to just deal with relationships as we know it can only be rich when we see the relevance of first of all a godly wisdom and my three operative words tonight will be wisdom work ethic and worship and i think that as we i think that as we teach this is uh, I want to begin with, I'm going to hand out this package and we're going to, I don't want you to speed read through anything. What I want to do is try to go through this. This package was put together by the grace of God by your pastor. So it's not plagiarism. It's, it's thoughts that the Holy Spirit has given me. And I want to kind of work through this since God is the manufacturer of marriage in Genesis 2 as the originator of all relationships, we need guidance in his word and we need to approach our relationships a certain way. And, 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 what, and what I plan to do, I got mics in the aisle. If you have questions, uh, feel free to raise your hand, come to the mic, state your question. I don't want you preaching because we got to move through uh, a lot of material tonight. And we're going to look at this situation on um, relationships, and we're going to be very in-depth in our discussion. Um, so what I'd like to do is that I, we established last week that marriage is a mandate. The mandate is the only uh, intimate relationship that God recognizes with approval is marriage. Not shacking, not my damn, and living together. Uh, that's the only thing that God recognizes. It's a mandate. Uh, marriage is a ministry. Ephesians 5, that the husband and wife, as well as the children, uh, all of them have instructions to keep. And then the marriage is, amen, a uh, total maturing together. Two shall become one. Where, you know, we're going to deal with that. And I, you know, I want us to be honest. Let's just try to be honest. 
that um, there were years in my life that I was not mature enough, ready for a relationship. Just, just be honest. I know, I know some of y'all can't do that, but uh, in the name of Jesus, uh, I didn't get married until I was 37. I was out in the streets in the world and had no inkling of getting married, none, because my needs were being met. I was having a good time. Pleasure was my objective. And, and marriage requires a lot of maturity. We dealt with that Sunday. Perfect, teleos, where God uh, wants us to become mature. So one of the first things that I want to discuss before I get this package out is based on the sermon Sunday, what is maturity and what is not maturity? Well, what is maturity is the, uh, is, is the ability, listen, to reach out to somebody else and serve and minister to their needs. That's maturity. Immaturity is the focal point is you, um, your feelings, your fractures, uh, you know, everything's about you. you. You have to come in the circumference of everything. And, and that, that is very immature of us and we have difficulty ministering to one another when we are preoccupied with ourselves. You, you can't even, you cannot wash somebody else's feet if you weren't about, you know, your own corns. You understand? You can't, you can't get away from your feet because, you know, whatever the case is. And so, um, and you got, you got people in ministry that are immature. They, they, they should not be in ministry. The Bible says wait on your ministering. They should not be preachers. They should not be deacons. They should not be because the assumption is you have crucified your flesh and grown above where you are going to demand attention to yourself. Because the very opposite, the word ministry it comes from the Greek doulos, to serve. So some of us can be struggling within ourselves. And we're going to talk about history and all that. All that plays a part. You, you and I are not here to change people's history. We're, we're here to understand we got to accept people's history. And we pray for them that God would change them based on the historical damage or bondages from their past. Okay? All of us have a history that has uh, damage has been damaged. All of us have history that has been to some degree damaged. All right, so we're going to we're going to start this uh, can can I get some help with these packages? I do ask this by the grace of God. When you get your package, don't speed read through it to see what pastor wrote. Just follow me. I know that's hard. Just follow me. Raise your hand and say I will follow. No, let's sing a hymn. Where he leads, I will follow. There, there, there you go. That's that's just follow me. Praise the Lord. And uh, we're going to um, get this thing underway. I want to thank all of you for being here. And um, we want to deal with this text in um, 1 Corinthians 7. They were asking Paul for certain questions again. This is no plagiarism out of a book. This is Pastor Gordon's own makeup, writing, so forth, so on. I want to, I want to, I want to state that. 
Amen. And uh, we're going to move on. Praise God. Um, praise thee. Give everybody a copy. Get in the balcony. So, okay, we, we, we're good. We're good. Okay. Um, Deacon Elder Sherman teaches a great class on Sunday morning, and we're going to have marriage classes on Wednesday evening, premarital classes on Wednesday evening to help facilitate everybody in this area of relationships. Everybody got a package? All right, come on. I got to move fluidly, and if you have a question, just raise your hand, um, and we'll, you know, we'll move from here. So, basically, I put three things up on the board. One is we need godly what? Wisdom. God is not interested in what you feel about relationships. We have been damaged by sin. Thank you. Okay? And then we need a work ethic to help facilitate and perfect those things that need to be done. And then we need worship to bring Jesus into the equation. Are you with me? All right. So the first thing I have on page one, stay on page one, I have that we need to approach our relationships with a sense of what? Faith. 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 Faith in Jesus Christ. Now, let me stop. Let me stop. Again, I'm, I want you to look up. Don't look at this package or I'm going to talk about you. And I need you to pay attention. I need you to pay attention. That's, how, that's, that's why I don't like giving out packages. And, it, it, and it's usually the intelligent people that are trying to get ahead. All right, here we go. Amen. Make sure everybody's got one. Thank you, man. We begin with this matter of faith. Um, what is the antithesis of faith is fear. So because of our history, previous relationships that did not work out, because of hurts that were never healed or resolved, we go into a relationship with unverbalized fears. If you've been divorced, you have fears because you tried something and it failed. There's guilt, there's fear. We have fears. We have fear. Fear is a byproduct of sin. When Adam and Eve partook of the forbidden fruit, they were afraid and they hid themselves behind fig leaves. Isn't that right? So, so fear is the antithesis of faith. So if we're not living by faith, we're living by fear. Fear, of, it could be a fear of rejection. All right. Say I was married when I was 19, 20 and had a terrible breakup. Now, I've been living with a fear of rejection, but I ain't been telling nobody. This is within me. There's fear. There, there is a, a, a sense of fear, a sense of abandonment. We'll get to that. That when we get finished with this chapter, we're going to deal with what these people wrote Paul, wrote them in the form of questions. In chapter 7, 1 to 11, it's, it's listen, it's saved people married to save people. Chapter 7, 1 to 11, is uh, 
Amen. And I'm going to get me an up-to-date mic system. I ain't fooling with this. I work too hard. Matthew, hang, hang in there, fussing already. Look at this. In the name of Jesus, God bless you too. Look at this. The fact, fact of the matter is, it's saved people who are married to saved people. Verses 1 to 11. Verses 12 to 24 are saved people married to unsaved people. And then verses 25 all the way up to 40-something, uh, usually he's dealing with different subjects. One is virgins. There's only three categories of people. You're either married, unmarried, or virgin. Now, the word virgin means never have been married or celibate. The unmarried deals with divorcees, um, widows, widowers. That's what unmarried means. So we got different statuses in this chapter. Paul, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, has something to say to each. Now, in, in, now, now I, I want to just go through this real quick. And come back to this list, 1 Corinthians chapter, so you get a context of what's being said. 1 Corinthians 7, are you with me? Now, the first 11 verses, he's dealing with, um, uh, now concerning the things you wrote of me, it's not good. The word touch is a euphemism in the Greek for sexual fornication. It's not good to have sex with a woman or a man unless you're married. Are y'all got that? All right. Nevertheless, to avoid fornication, let every man have his own wife and let every woman have her own husband. Notice what he's saying, to avoid what God is against. And then verses 3 to 5 is what we owe our mate. Do benevolence, a sense of um, power that the, your body belongs to them, their body belongs to you. Don't defraud each other. The word defraud is a very strong word in the Greek. It means do not control yourself to the point where the other person, amen, is, uh, um, mm, the other person's out there that, and, and their needs are not being met, so forth, so on. And, and by consent, verse 5, of fasting and praying or something like that, let Satan uh, pluck you away, come at you for your inconstancy. And then when he says, I speak this by permission, we dealt with that last week, Sister Arnold. What that means is I'm covering stuff Jesus didn't cover when he was on earth. Everything's under uh, the Holy Spirit. This is not Paul's opinion. For I would, verse 7, that all men were even as I myself, but every man has his proper gift of God, one after this man, another after that. I say, therefore, to the unmarried and widows, it is good if they abide as I am. Celibate state. Why? Because they can do more for the Lord. But if they cannot contain sexually, let them get married. Now, this does not mean that Paul is saying you get married because you want sex. He's not saying that. And you ought not get married just for sex. You ought not get married just for security. You ought not get married just to have somebody near you. Those are, those are bad reasons just to get married. I'm, I'm, I'm praying for a mate. We need to 
We need to search that question. Why are you praying for me? What, what, is, it you, what is it you believe you're going to get out of a relationship? You, you need to deal with that and stop watching television. Nobody can make your life happy. Happiness does not come because I get married. So we got to start examining this thing from the perspective, and I'm talking to my singles because I got a lot of information for you. You got to live a lifetime with this person. You're going to have to go through some troubled waters with this person. You're going to have to make some highly influential decisions with this person. You, this person will become your closest partner in life. So one of the things that, and, and, and you know, some of the women got the biological clock. Well, I just turned 35. And I, uh, you know, let me, let, me, let me say this to you. That's not even a good reason to get married. God is able. When my wife was pregnant with my oldest son, he's 26 now, yeah, there was a woman there in her, she was 47 having a baby. 45, whatever, I don't know. Now that sounds good while she's having the baby, but you got to look on the back end. When the baby gets 22, you about 70. So my point is, we got to look at, and that's fear. Isn't that fear? I, be, I better hear get married. I'm getting old. So one of the things we need to see is that if they cannot contain, verse 9, then, and unto the married I command, yet not I, but the Lord. Now this means Jesus spoke on this while he was on earth. Let not the wife depart from her what? Excuse me. You are not to depart. Separation is allowed. If there's battery, if, if, if you're getting beat up, if, if there's all kind of, you can separate, but God never gave you a permit to permanently leave. And y'all can get quiet all you want. I'm giving you the word. Let them not Depart. Mm. And he goes on to say from her husband, but and if she depart separation, let her what? Come on, y'all, y'all gotta talk back to me. Let her remain unmarried or be reconciled to her husband, and let not the husband put away his wife. So the first 11 is for saved, married, and saved. Now, I know we're going to come up and we're going to cover it, all the what-ifs. When I was doing the counseling in this church, I had a, I had a lady come to my study, and she said, I want to divorce my husband. I said, uh, for what? What's the grounds? She said, he hits on me. I said, that's not biblical grounds for a divorce. What? I'm supposed to let him. No, I didn't say you're supposed to let him. I'm giving you the word. That's not biblical grounds. For, well, an, another one came to me and said, 
uh, my husband is strung out on drugs and he went in our bank account and took all the money. I want a divorce. That's not biblical grounds for divorce. And I'm going to give you the biblical grounds. Now, and it sounds horrible, doesn't it? But it's not. It's not. I, I got to give you what the Bible says. So, you know, and, and that's why before you are able to counsel in this church, your doctrinal positions got to agree with pastor. You can't be sitting up there telling somebody, well, I, you know, I'm sorry he hit on you. You need to report it and divorce him. You can't do that. I don't do that. That's not your call. It's not biblical. Where they strung out on crack cocaine, they, one, one lady came to my study and said he went into the account. And when you're married, you got a joint account. You can go into the account and take all the money out. And you say, well, how do I protect myself from that? I don't know, baby, but, uh, you know, and I want to say in my flesh, you married him. That's the person you picked. And that sounds cold, but no, 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 no. We need to rethink. And if we think up front, because you're dealing with the heart, the head, and the history. If you get a mate with a good heart, they love the Lord. And this is why you cannot... Uh, superimpose yourself spiritually into their lives. Will you go to church with me? If he or she does not want to come to church on their own volition, you got a wasted case here. You can bring him to church every Sunday. He might even stand up and clap. He might buy a tape. He might even come up to high. That doesn't mean that he's going to be a good husband. There are no guarantees here. Are y'all getting this? So my point to you is, let the Holy Spirit point out the heart. Listen, one of the things I said Sunday about these politicians, and it's getting hot. Don't just look at what they say about their faith. Look at their fruit. Jesus said you'll know them by their fruit. Faith and fruit go hand in hand. If a man say, book of James, that's what he's saying, and don't live up to it, he don't have the fruit to match what he's saying, you got a problem. So if I marry somebody tonight, they don't have no guarantee that I'm going to get tired of them. They don't have no guarantee that I might want out. They, they don't have no guarantee that I might just get tired of being in this state. I want to go back to where I was. They, they, ain't nobody got no guarantees. But if we follow the word of God and let the spirit of God lead us, you're not going to have a flawless marriage, but at least, and, 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 and this is how you measure it. What you're looking for in a made singles is their individualized love for Jesus. That's what you're looking for. Because if they love Jesus, then they can only love you. If they don't love Jesus, they ain't loving you. Because God is love. And, and we're going to deal with the attractions and, and all of that. What attracts you to this person? You know, I, I, I oftentimes tell people, you know, me and Sister going been through marriage counseling numerous times. We had to. You know, I would, here I am pastoring a church. 
you know, passing the church where there was a lot of turmoil and rebellion. And then I got a new wife. I'm trying to learn her. You know what I mean? And, and, and it was tough. I was like friends of distinction. You got me going in circles. My point is that <clears throat> some of us were married before. That does not condemn you as a villain. What it does do is for you to open up your ears, eyes, and hearts and understand that coming out of that failed relationship, there are issues. There are issues. There are issues. And you don't want to get into a rebound marriage. I'm married to Tawn. Tawn hurt me. So since Tawn hurt me, I waited a couple months now, and I'm going to the next one, and I'm going to talk to her and marry her. Ah, I'm taking all that hell from this one right into this one. Some of us started out in the balcony with our first marriage. You in the alcove with the second marriage. You, you're sitting over against the wall in the third marriage. You're behind Kent in the fourth marriage. I ain't fooling with that. You got major problems, dog. And then you got a nerd to sit up here and say, well, Pastor, you know, I tried, but the women I was married to, oh, really? Oh, for four. That's a bad hitting percentage. Something's wrong. Accept it. Get help. Get counseling. Accept it. Because that first husband or wife did something traumatic that you have and I have covered up, and anything we cover is going to come out. Anything we bury is going to resurrect. And so, so, so one of the things that, 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 that we're doing, the first 11 verses is for the Save the save. Now look at verse 12. But to the rest, speak God, not the Lord. In other words, I'm going to cover something Jesus didn't cover in his earthly teaching. If any brother hath a wife that believeth not. So now I'm married to an unbeliever. And she be pleased to dwell with him. In other words, look, I'm married to an unbeliever, Sister Arnold. But she says, I, I know I'm not saved, but I, you know, I, I love you and I just want to stay with you. Okay. Light and darkness. Don't expect her to get up singing Blessed Assurance. Don't expect her to wear white on Communion Sunday. Because her heart, she don't even have a nature for God. Are y'all getting this? So Paul now is talking to the, the rest deals with the unsaved, the rest deals with widows, the rest deals with divorcees. Are you with me? And the woman which hath a husband, verse 13, that believeth not, and if he be pleased, and notice the conditional, if he be pleased to dwell with her, let her not leave him. For the unbelieving husband is sanctified by the wife, unbelieving wife sanctified by the husband, else your children are unclean, but now are ye holy. But if the unbelieving depart, now, 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 now stop, because now this is picking up Divorce and abandonment. What is divorce? Well, if the unbelieving depart, they want out. Let them go. You're not under bondage. Strong word. 
And anywhere in the Bible where God is permitting divorce, he's also permitting remarriage. Matthew 19, 1, don't turn, says, but for the cause of fornication, marriages should not come apart. Well, what do you mean by that? Well, if one mate is messing around sexually and it's perpetual, it's, 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 it's something that, that, uh, that, it's something that's not stopped, it's something that's going on, then you have grounds for divorce. But you can't be coming up in here talking about, you know, Pastor, I think they messing around. I ain't flying with that. Oh, I saw him outside his job with another woman. You know, that ain't, that is not necessarily, I, you know, and, we, and we, see, we got to be careful with this because we get extreme. Abandonment is when your mate pulls out on you and have left and you don't know where they are. They just gone and they've been gone. You have grounds. So, I've had mem members in 29 years say, Pastor, I want to get divorced based on the grounds of abandonment. I said, well, how long has it been? Well, he left last night. I ain't seen him. <laughs> I told him, you don't get out of my office. I'll run you up the street. And see, here's the thing I want to drive home. Had I gotten married at 19, 20, 21, 22, 23, 24, 25, 26, 27, 28, I'd have got divorced. I'd have been gone. I was, I, because in my blood was just, I loved what I was doing. I wasn't, I wasn't ready. I wasn't mature. I wasn't dealing with no one woman. Get on my nerve, I'm ditching you. I'm going the other way. I ain't got time for this. And that's that unsaved, pleasure-seeking mentality. Are y'all getting me? And that's why we caution people about marriage. You're, you're never fully ready for marriage. Nobody's fully ready. But, you know, um, there's got to be some stability and maturity in your life when you start um, partnering with another person. You are actually taking another person that belongs to the body of Christ. And 1 Peter 3 says, you can fool with this if you want to. Your prayers will not be answered. You can tamper with, you can play with, you can, you can do whatever you want to do. And so we, we have to understand. So in, in this context, I'm, I'm coming to come back to the passage. For the unbelieving, verse 14, husband is sanctified by the wife, so forth. But if the unbelieving depart, let him depart. A brother or sister is not under bondage means you don't have to hang in there when they depart. That's saved to unsaved. Are y'all with me? In such cases, God have called us to what? Peace. And then he goes on with a hypothetical in verse 16. Who knows? You may, if you hang in there, be the source of strength that they need to do right. It's like, it's like children. You know, you know you, I always talk about what we try to teach our children. You know what? That's secondary. More is caught than taught. You can do all the talking you want, all the teaching you want. Those kids are watching stuff that's going to affect their lives and their decision-making later on. So you put the mic up in somebody's child's face and say, I, I, are you thinking about mar marriage? I don't want to get married. Well, you got to understand, you know, and 
They may have a career. They may have something else. But it could be my mother and father went through so much hell, I ain't touching this. I had bad models. I'm scared. I'm fearful. I don't want to do, do this. And, and, and all you can do at that juncture is just pray for them that God would release them. So save to the unsaved. Now look at verse 18. Is any man called being circumcised? Now what this verse means, this is hard interpretation to Greek. Don't try to change the providence of God in your life. If you were circumcised as a Jew, don't try to get uncircumcised just because you're getting married. Don't, don't try to change where God met you. And, and, and I'm going to come back to that uh, because it goes into verse 21, being a servant uh, uh, and, and, and whatnot, and we're going to deal with that. Now, verse 25, now concerning the third group who are what? Virgins, I have no commandment of the Lord, yet I give my judgment as one that hath obtained mercy of the Lord to be faithful. I suppose, therefore, that this is good for the present distress. I say that it is good for a man so to be. Are you bound for a wife? Seek not to be loose. Are you loose from a wife? Seek not a wife. But if you marry, you have not sinned. And if a virgin marries, she has not sinned. Verse 28, nevertheless, such shall have what? Paul is already saying, I wish you were like I would. Now, if you get married, you, you have not sinned. You're blessed, but you're going to have trouble. Tru you, you're going to have trouble in the flesh, but I spare you. So we're going to come back to this. Let's go back to the package. Any questions on what I just kind of went over with the three groups? Yes, dear. I'm going I'm, I'm to come to the biblical grounds for divorce. Can you hold on just a minute? Go ahead. Go ahead. Excellent question. Excellent question. Excellent. No, it doesn't. If Sister Gordon go home tonight and ain't nothing in the cabinet because I didn't give her no money, she can't divorce me. Let her get in the car and go to McDonald's. She can't. She can't, she can't, she, she can't divorce me. I, and, 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 and we'll come back to that. We'll come back. See, let me tell you what part of the problem is. You cannot go into a marriage with an idea that if it don't work, you're going to get divorced. The word divorce has got to be off the table. Dude, you, you cannot have a loving, sustaining relationship. Here, here, here's my sermon closure with that back door open that I can go back and get some money. It's not going to work. I mean, I, I mean, I was stupid in the world. I was crazy. I went to West Philly, picked this girl for the movie. We, we agreed. She said, you going to pick me every 8 o'clock? Yeah. I pulled up, at, and I just got out of the military. I was wild. I, I pulled up at 5 after 8. She came to the door like this one. I said, you out of your mind. All she did was look at her watch. I said, I ain't getting into this. <laughs> Beep, beep, beep. 
Wow, that's deep, isn't it? So, we got issues. We got historical issues. All of us. Your mother and father weren't perfect. My mother and father weren't perfect. We saw stuff that traumatized us. We saw stuff we didn't like. We, we saw stuff we don't want. We got to accept one another's history, but we got to navigate through it. Because out of that history comes a whole lot of anger, bitterness, unforgiveness, and, and, and because we keep trying to protect our parents and their reputation, we're in denial. Look at your mate and say, well, where did this come from? So let's, let's go through the facts. Faith, humility, getting low real quick, fervent love, which is only through the power of the Holy Spirit, attitudes of service, forgiveness. Now, I don't want to run through these words because each word is a power pack. If you say you forgive me, it ought not come back. A future conversation, you lied. You didn't forgive. You didn't forgive. You put it away for convenient sir, for, for convenient purposes. You didn't forgive. When I forgive you, I don't need to bring it back up. I have. I have. The word forgive means to release. I have released you from this. And then God says, "Guess what? If you don't forgive them, I won't forgive you." So, through these words, forgiveness, attitude of service, fervent, fervent love. Fervent love is not based on feelings, it's based on function. I was meeting with staff yesterday, I said, listen, y'all been with me a long time, I love y'all. My first inclination in this ministry as pastor and CEO is that I'm functional. I'm not relational first. I'm functional. I kiss and hug everybody. I treat everybody with kindness. My first is function. I want order. I want structure. I want excellence. It's, it's, it's function. Then I can get relational. Some people are relational first and functional last. So you got to understand what you're dealing with. And, 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 and so... Does that mean I'm not relational? No way. I am relational. I, I love people. But if I had to put the two against each other, I'm functional first. Love the Lord. We're we going to get out on time. We come in here at 8 o'clock. We got to get out here at 930. So when you let somebody give a testimony that moves from truth to lie and causes us to use five more minutes, now we got to make time up. And you think it's love. That ain't love. No, it's not love. It's, you know, so, you know, in the name of Jesus. <laughs> Come in at 1030. I'm trying to get out of court after 12. We on TV. We got a bigger crowd. We got an offering. We got, we got baby blessings. We got, we, got, we got a whole lot. We got a lot of announcements. We got a lot of things we're dealing with, but I'm constantly watching that clock. So Ken can't have somebody grab the mic and talk about, I want to sing an oldie but a goodie, and they're going to sing 15 minutes. Not up in here. You better get that hymn book and sing one stanza. We ain't doing that. We got a whole lot of stuff that's that function. But the members here appreciate, Pastor. Thank you for your stellar leadership. Thank you for the excellence. Thank you for the order. You go to some other churches. 
I thought service starts at 11. It's 11.30. Keep sitting there. You might get out at 3 o'clock. And they will justify the day under the Spirit. Well, the Lord led me. Lord ain't lead you. That's so. God is a God of order. Yeah. So in our relationships, we don't always fully forgive people. We think we do. They ain't forgiven. And, and, and so, look, uh, we have to study one another. If, if, if you marry me or I marry you, you got to study the type of person you are about to hook up with. We don't, all, we don't all think the same. And that's fine. God don't want you thinking the same. God wants you to be, in, you know, independent but yet interdependent. Typically, opposites complement each other. Opposites attract, and then opposites attack. And then opposites will come back. We're opposites. A selfless care... A covering from the man to the woman. I am Sister Gordon's covering spiritually. She's not to be uncovered when I'm her husband. And when, you know, we, uh, a, a complimentary mindset, not just criticism. You ought to compliment your mate twice as much as you criticize. You say, well, I, I, I used to have this exercise, Leroy, when they came to my study, I said, write out, write out, Write out five things you love about this person. Write out three you dislike. And make sure you don't put that personal pronoun next to what you do. So you say, well, you know what? I love him because he's this, he's this. And, but I dislike what he does so it doesn't reflect him. And it was so easy to come up with what they're not. It's so hard to come up with what they are. And we got to learn to do that. We got to learn to say, you know what? Take those pit stops. Let me thank you for being a special person in my life. Thank you. That goes a long way. Not just grunting and complaining. Not taking people for granted. When you don't tell them anything, you're taking them for granted. So we, we, we need, and, and then if you're on the receiving end, you need to be honest enough to say, Baby, listen, I need you from time to time to compliment what I try to do for you. I need that. That's a need. That don't make you weak. And you can't get it every day. The alarm go off in the morning. Uh, let me name ten things that I appreciate about you. Ain't anybody living like that. But we do need to do that. Did I say hand up? No. All right, I'm, I'm going to give you a chance to speak. Uh, respect. We got to give each other respect. We got to respect how they feel. We got to respect what they say. We got to respect how they think. We got to respect. And sometimes that's not always easy, especially if you have a negativity going on inside of you. Got to respect it. Restraint, responsibility. Men, men and women, you, we, we all got responsibilities, but 
you know, I groom men. I groom men. Up in this church, we groom men. If you're a little boy, hang, hang around. We're going to make you a man. Grow up. And I'll tell a guy in a heartbeat, grow up, man. Grow up. You got a responsibility to work, to take care of your wife. You, you got a responsibility to make sure her emotional, mental, and psychological needs are met. That's just a responsibility with marriage. Um, and, I, and, you know, um, this, this is something the church has to start teaching because God's people have caught up with the world. It used to be one out of every ten Christians end in divorce, and in the world, one out of every two end in divorce. Now, one out of every two Christians end in divorce. Look at a worldly commitment. Our, our, our commitments are first to the Lord, which holds us spiritually and biblically responsible, and then to our families, wife, husband, children, our primary commitment is to conform and carry out our relationships according to scripture. Therefore, we ought to be committed to sanctification, 1 Thessalonians 4. Yeah, sanctification is set apart. We, we need to live lives that are set apart. Commitment to serving one another, John 13. Commitment to subjection and submission, Ephesians 5. Commitment to sacrificing for one another, 1 Peter 3. Commitment to the sensitivities of one another. Now, something might be sensitive to Sister Gore, and I might think it's dumb. No, I'm serious, it happens. But I, I have an obligation to respect what affects her. Try to see it from her perspective. Committed to sound doctrine, committed to steadfastness. And we get ready to get into the heavy stuff. Um, hmm. and God gave you or will give you a mate that will not reason, think like you but they will be a strong compliment to you Me meaning God is speaking through them God is moving through them you can't ignore your mate sometimes that's God talking and you gotta, and you gotta be careful with that you cannot um, just chalk it up. Hmm. Yeah. And, and many times the Holy Spirit had to pull me to the side and say, ah, you know, your wife gave you wise counsel. When I was going through my wars in church and, I mean, you know, whatever. Um, Sister Gordon comes out of corporate America. She's corporate manager, you know, master's degree, intelligent, insightful. She said, you know, my counsel to you as pastor is just when you and people don't agree, just leave them their dignity. I looked at her, I said, the hell with that dignity. Where did that spirit come from? And I said, you're right. I, I must humble myself and just take the hit and not hit back. 
trust the Lord with the outcome. And that's the area of my life I'm still working on. A glorifying countenance, our differences and difficulties do not result in what? Divorce is off the table. Divorce is off the table. If you don't begin the relationship where divorce is off the table, then divorce is on the table. And, and, and you can't control the other person. You can't control what they do, where they go, what they do, whatever. All you can do, and, and that's why I try to preach a therapeutic word on Sunday. Because I'm trying to grow us up in Christ. You know, we dealt with the principle of trouble. There's trouble. We're going to have trouble to the day we die. It's how we handle the trouble. And now, there are no other women or men. Here's the fallacy of Satan. Sitting out there, that's going to meet your every need and make you happy. All I need is a couple of weeks to learn the history. And I'm packing my bags again. All of us got baggage. Are y'all getting me? We all got baggage. And I had to come to the realization of truth. I mean, I, I had a you know, great, great dad. He was like E.F. Hutton when he spoke, everybody listened. But usually he'd come home, he'd grab his paper, we'd have dinner. He was chilled out, cool, smoked his pipe. Didn't bother nobody unless, you know, unless there was turmoil, he got up. And my mother was very controlling and very, um, you know, she ran the ship. So I came home from the military one time. I came in the house, and she was in there. I said, you know what, Mom? I said, I love you with all my heart, but I couldn't have been married to you. And you and I, she said, get out of my house. So because I come from a history of a dominant woman. Are y'all getting this? A woman can't get up in my face. And, and, and I've never hit my wife by the grace of God. Amen. I'm just, y'all don't believe me. I ain't never hit her. She's back there. But my point is, we got history. You may not have liked something to transpire between your parents if you had a parent. And it's still at your gut level. Are y'all getting this? So we got to make changes in this thing called relationships. You know, you know, my mom started working, but she was a homebody. Pop was on the stove early in the morning. Dad came home. We all ate together. The clothes were washed and ironed. The house was clean. The, you know, help children with the homework. Da -da 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 -da. So when I got married, Sister Gordon's working, I'm working. So I'm already in an environment that I'm not used to. 
So we come through the door. Who's going to do the cooking? I don't smell nothing. <laughs> the house is stale. Ain't nothing going on here. What's going on? So we got to make new plans. Are y'all getting what Pastor's trying to say? We, we got to merge. I can't live on my history. And if you're not willing to negotiate and compromise and, and sit down and, and, and hum, humbly go through things and share experiences from your history, you're going to have major problems. Whether it's right, wrong, or indifferent. Are y'all getting this? I ain't never seen my father drunk. Never. So, Understand when I talk about history that if I'm going to have a life with you, let's sit down and at least discuss our history. And then we got to accept it. Okay. Hello. <laughs> get the head of my mom, going to get me, Lord. My dad came down the aisle across the street about 27 years ago to join the church. He was crying, and I was in the pulpit, and I started crying. I said, oh, God, grabbed him. My mother got up to get saved. She came down the aisle. I said, oh, Lord. are still struggling with your history. We do. All right, real quick. Our dreams and visions must always include our mates. You can't come in here talking about, I got a vision for my life and your wife ain't nowhere in the vicinity. I don't, I don't know where you got that one from. The two shall become one. If I'm going to start a business or buy, or buy property, rental property, I got to sit down, you know, pretty much with my wife. If we're using the same bank book, I got to sit down. We got to really get some clarity. Our diligence is the plow plant season to our relationships and marriages. Our dependencies are only to be delegated to our mates. Uh -oh. So I come to church. Stand up, Tom. Tom, my bad. Now, ask yourself why you married your mate. Because that's going to reveal a whole lot that was in your heart at the time you got married. And where you find them, you're going to lose them. I'll come back to that. A deepening investment are only to share and work out with our mates, a, a, a disclosure to one another, a dedication to constant prayer. We got to pray. Uh, uh, determinations to our continuance in Christ and our commitments to Christ. And I'm not going to be able to cover this the whole night, but uh, uh, real, real quick, and most of the stuff I went over, um, go to page four. Major discussion pieces, singles, 
kids. You marry somebody, you need to be in the vicinity of agreement. When Sister Gordon and I got married, we were sitting down discussing having kids. And I said, well, I want to have six. She said, no way. <laughs> well, because my mother had six. My mother had three. So I said, okay, we're going to have to negotiate between six and three. And um, three. Hobbies, family and friends, you got to discuss family and friends. Ideally, I, 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 I liked all my wife's friends, whether it was in her sorority or her college friends, I liked them all. Sometimes that doesn't happen. I want you to meet one of my best friends in college, don't like her. You got to kind of negotiate uh, rules of engagement, agreement on how to fight fair. You're going to fight. I'm not talking about physically. Rules for fighting. How do we fight? All right. If both of us are full of anger, let's shut it down until, you know, we can think through what we need to say and, you know, and not accuse each other. You got to have some set rules in place in order to come out with a positive outcome and then, if, the, if it gets too hot, you need counseling. Hot button topics, expectations from the marriage and in life, budgets, 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 budgets. You gotta have a budget in your home. Yeah. Boundaries in marriage, you gotta have boundaries. Needs, your needs, your career, your work your social activities, your prayers, studying the God's word together, a strategy for resolving problems, speak honestly in love, avoid anger, listen and ask questions for clarity, separate when it's too hot, seek independent counsel, trust the Lord Jesus Christ, establish roles, marriages. Now, now, now real quick, because I went over the context of the book and I did that for a reason, but here, turn to the last page as we close. Go back up to marriage is a mandate. I gave you that. Marriage is a model. Christ in the church. Marriage is a ministry. Ephesians 5.22. Marriage is a major compliment. Marriage is a commitment. Marriage can be broken only by a function of fornication. Matthew 19. Marriage is for life. God hates marriage. Marriage is only between a man and a woman. No such animal. Two men getting married. Two women getting married. Now. Last three important positions. Coming back to you, sister. The ideal is marriage is unto death, no divorce. That's God's direct will. The ordeal is marriage has been affected by fornication or abandonment. Let them leave. The other one's not under bondage. And it is assumed that remarriage is allowed. Now, if you get divorced, you don't walk around bragging about that. You should be in a mourning state. You don't want to become contagious to others that are fighting to keep their marriage together. No deal. Here we go. No deal. Drugs, physical abuse. That's not in the word of God. So that's our biblical doctrinal position. And as we close, when I, when I, and this is yours to keep, when I'm looking at 
this thing on relationships, singles need to use a lot of godly wisdom, know there's going to be a work ethic, and know they got to worship together to keep the glue in their marriage. Are y'all getting this? Let's, anybody with questions, let's deal with that as we close. Anybody with any kind of question, I want you to, now, we got a lot, of, we, we got people here that are divorced, and my, my counsel to you is, instead of rushing into something, prayerfully, prayerfully consider everything we've talked about tonight, everything you heard in the word, and know that when you get married, in God's eyes, it's for life. To death do his part, rich or poor, sick or in health, right? And, and, and so, I want my singles and the divorcees and the widows and widowers to know that if you re-enter this area, you've got to use the right reason for getting married. Anybody got any hands up? Any, anybody? Yes. Restore respect. Well, you got to humble yourself, and, and, and what you, what you got to do is just apologize for offending their conscience, and try to move ahead. Stop living in the rearview mirror. Let's, let's move on. We've had some hard knocks. Let's move on. Mar mar marriage, marriage is very, very difficult. And then when kids come in, it's even more difficult. Because they, they are demanding stuff. Yes, sir. How do you deal with immaturity? Pray about it. You mean the other person? Pray about it. You can't change them. Just pray about it. Help, help them to stay in that word. Help them to see the word of God. And the Spirit of God will, you know, all of us get immature at times. We all do. And, and, and all of us make wrong decisions, say wrong things. If you don't have a forgiving spirit, if you don't have a spirit where you will, a, a work ethic, a, worship, a sense of worship, a sense of God's wisdom. When, when I say God's wisdom, I'm not talking about your degrees. I'm talking about God's wisdom. God might tell you to just humble yourself and keep quiet. God might tell you to do something that you don't want to do. Submit. You know why it's so hard for us to submit? Because we had bad models who did submit, and they were trounced. So submission is not something that's easy for you to do because you got some bad memories. Or you had a boyfriend who just dogged you, or a girlfriend that just dogged you. So now that has never been alleviated, and that fear is over your marriage. Um... This stuff happens all the time. Any, any other hands? Any, anybody? Yes, sir. It's like what? Yeah, yeah, okay, I got you. Sorry without repentance. Well, it's because they got caught. They got caught. Sorry is the medicine that helps me to smooth over everything when nothing underneath has been resolved. Because I'm telling you right now, man, you know, when we offend each other, we got work. Yes. 
so you don't do it again. And some people in this church have divorced former mates, married others, and they dogging their new mates. Because you're still walking around with a historical context of hurt from the first one. You cannot see them with respect and love. And then as we get older, God gives us wisdom. Some, some, some dumb things I used to do. I, yeah, I can't do that no more. At the end of the day. At the end of the day. You understand? And, 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 uh, and we talk about our needs and all that. Satan attacks all that stuff. He wants to give you a bad mental position about your mate. That's his whole job. So that you are open to look for something else. That's his, that's his job. That's what he does. I had Dr. Shaw, former president of National Baptist Convention. He's over there, 52nd and, uh, 52nd and Chestnut. I mean, 53rd and 54th and Chestnut. He came to preach my 10th anniversary. You know what his sermon was? A prophet is not without honor except in his own country. It means God and the whole nation will applaud you, but St. Matthews, it means everybody else will see good in your mate but you. We just need to be more, we, we got to get that history, that history. Uh, 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 Leroy, anything, Leroy is our chief counsel. Anything you want to add? Love you, man. Thank you, man. He got a powerful testimony. Thank you. Thank you, sister. Chairman, you got anything? Thank you. Anybody else? Yes, sir. Right reason to get married? Well, First of all, you've been in prayer and the Lord has put on your heart, you know. Second of all, you want to avoid being in sin. Third of all, you have met somebody that uh, you're praying about, um, you know, to be a compliment to you for life. Okay? And, and you know, it's, it's several things. You just, you just pray about, is this the person you would have me to marry? And you keep that before the Lord. In the name of Jesus, keep that before the Lord. And, and, and God, God will make himself clear. He'll make himself clear. Just understand, Paul said, you're going to have trouble. Marriage is not a, 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 a catch that's going to answer all of you. See, and that's where people keep making mistakes, man. And, you know, if I get married to this person, I'm going to be happy like heaven be happy. Sister Gordon can't make me happy. If I don't walk with Jesus and have a sense of his presence and his peace and his power, she can't make me happy. She can't make me happy. So we got to stop letting the world set the agenda for relationships. We got we to gotta stop it. The flare the flame. Remember that? Yeah, the flare the flame. I was about flare. And, and as I got saved and got godly wisdom, like I said, you need a flame. Are y'all getting this? And men are excited by what they see. Women are excited about how they feel. We got two different makeups. A woman come down the street, you know, boom, boom. Here go the man. 
He don't even know her. He done saw something and he's reacting. Bottom line. As I close, you don't get married for looks nor security. They can lose the job. That takes the security out. They can fall with a health condition where they can't work no more. And you don't get married for looks because I always tell couples this. If they look good to you, they look good to somebody else too. Not good. Marriage is honorable. The bed is undefiled. Let's, let's try to treat our mates, those of us that are married, with a great deal of respect and love and lack of criticism, compliments, service, trying to help, humility, joy, uh, and those who are single looking for a mate, there's nothing wrong with that. Just pray and ask God to send you what you need and make sure they are sold out on Christ. And then wait on the Lord. Don't let fear enter your equation where I gotta get, I gotta get somebody. No. Wait on the Lord. Okay? Did you learn anything tonight? Now, you, you, got, you got a package. Let's stay on our feet. If there's somebody here that needs to be saved, will you raise your hand? We love you to get saved. And uh, next week, I go back to the Bible. Yeah, I was in the Bible tonight. Uh, anyway, anybody want to join the Church of Christian Experience? Praise God. Let's look to the Lord in prayer. Father, thank you for this time together. Thank you for the word. Thank you, Lord God, for your uh, principles and provisions in your word. Help us to seek your face about whom we choose to spend the rest of our life with. And God, we pray that being married to that person will glorify you. And God, we pray that you would heal those marriages that need healing, heal hearts, heads, and heart, minds. Help us not to let the world and this culture contaminate us and control us through lust. In Jesus' name, as you brought Rebecca to Isaac, bring a mate to those who are waiting. In Jesus' name, amen. Pastor, love you.